From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., there was some more back and forth last week in the voter purge case. First, an Ozaki County judge ordered the Wisconsin Elections Commission to immediately remove more than 200,000 names from the voter rolls because they may have moved and not re-registered. This was the same judge who ordered the purge in the first place after a conservative group filed suit claiming the commission is violating state law. But then an appeals court sided with the commission and again put the purge on hold while lawsuits continue. Then the state Supreme Court decided it would not hear the case at this time. So what does this all mean for the 2020 elections? The state Supreme Court deadlocked on whether to directly take the appeal. Uh, The conservative group, Will, that had filed the original suit, wanted to bypass the Fourth District Court of Appeals and go right to the state Supreme Court, which has a conservative majority, to have the justices hear the case. Uh, Conservative Daniel Kelly did not participate in that case. Uh, the other six deadlocked 3-3, which meant they could not take the uh, appeal. So that went back to the 4th District, and there you had the stay of the lower court orders. Don't forget, too, there's a federal uh, case pending. It's not only you have a flowchart to follow this case and where it all is, but the bottom line with the state courts, at least, is that it's unlikely the state Supreme Court will act in 2020, at least according to Conservative Justice Rebecca Bradley. In her dissent of the decision not to take the appeal. She noted the elections coming up in 2020 in Wisconsin, the issues at stake in this case, the questions of law, and said with the caseload the appeals court has and the way things work, it's unlikely the state Supreme Court will see this case before uh, this year is up. Now, there are always caveats to that. You know, there could be some more legal filings for the court to reconsider the decision um, after the April election is up. Maybe they're Daniel Kelly's a change of heart, whether he's uh, retained or not. He's going to be the court through at least through August. So it's all stuff that could happen yet. Um, but if things stay as is, it looks like the appeals court will be the last stop for this case, at least during 2020. Well, speaking of elections, campaign finance reports were released last week in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. It turns out conservative incumbent Justice Daniel Kelly raised about $800,000 for 2019. Dane County Circuit Judge Jill Karofsky raised about 350000 while Marquette Law Professor Ed Fallone raised 150000 for the year. Karofsky and Fallone are backed by liberals. The primary is next month, and the general election is in April. So what do these numbers indicate? Um, you know, good fundraising hall for Kelly. If you go back and look in recent history, the, the number for that six-month period is second only to what Former Justice Shirley Abramson raised uh, back in 2008, ahead of her re-election in 2009. She was unique among Supreme Court uh, justices in terms of fundraising because she was the first Supreme Court female justice in Wisconsin. She was the longtime chief justice in Wisconsin, so it helped her build a national profile and a national fundraising network. And looking more closely at the reports that Kelly and Karofsky and Fallone filed, you know, Kelly has a, a network of deep-pocketed conservative donors in Wisconsin and the surrounding area. A lot of, like, heavy hitters in GOP circles gave to his campaign in that six-month period. Karofsky, meanwhile, seen a lot of, like, big Dem donors line up behind her. Um, so we're seeing kind of a little bit of the alignment of where people are at. Ed Fallone was a distant third in terms of fundraising. 
Um, there was a thought that he might be able to raise Milwaukee money, but that's not really materializing for him. So uh, give Karaski the upper hand right now in terms of fundraising among the challengers. But Kelly has a secure lead on the money front. The question continues to be, and has been like we've talked about before, what will turnout look like in April? Because if there is still a contested primary for president on the Democratic side and not on the Republican side, then that could be a big boost for Kelly's opponent and could really make his life difficult. On a related note, President Trump, as you know, held a rally in downtown Milwaukee last week and plugged Kelly's candidacy a couple of times, urging the crowd to vote for him. How much weight does an endorsement from Trump at a rally carry for Kelly? You know, endorsements are always nice. Um, but my experience has been that less endorsement carries money and or infrastructure. It's just kind of a nice thing you can tout in an ad. So, you know, Kelly, if he's targeting Trump supporters, he say, hey, the president backs me. But there's also a downside of that because people don't like Trump are going to see that the president is supporting Kelly and take that as a sign of, oh, I'm going to go out and vote against that guy and for his opponent. So there's that dynamic at play. But again, the biggest deal is, are you going to put money behind it and infrastructure behind it? Those are the endorsements that really truly make a difference in a race. In another development, Democratic Congressman Mark Polkan of Dane County last week endorsed Bernie Sanders for president and was named chair of Sanders' campaign in Wisconsin. Trump narrowly carried Wisconsin in 2016, and Sanders won Wisconsin's Democratic primary. What kind of influence would Polkan's endorsement of Sanders have on Wisconsin voters? Well, much like the president, Daniel Kelly, what's Polkan going to bring to the table in terms of money and infrastructure? Now, money-wise, you know, what he can contribute is not going to make a dent in the kind of fundraising network that mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders has built up. But infrastructure-wise, you know, he's got a list of supporters in Wisconsin. He can email them, ask them to turn out for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Um, if he has volunteers want to go door-to-door, that could help. But, you know, that's the thing. Again, it, it's a nice thing to tout, but what does that endorsement really bring to the table? That can make a difference come Election Day. Do you think this might cause a rift between Pocan and the other members of the state's Democratic congressional delegation who might support a more moderate candidate? You know, hard to say. I mean, you don't see, like, um, usually, typically, and, you know, again, typically, once the primaries are over and there is a nominee, everybody comes back together. Obviously, there have been times where that's proven tougher than others, but I haven't seen any sense yet that there would be some giant rift in the a delegation over somebody endorsing one candidate versus another. And finally, top Republicans in the state assembly are calling Democratic Governor Tony Evers' letter assigning them the, quote, homework of passing a host of bills condescending. Evers sent Republican lawmakers a letter recently urging them to do their homework and pass legislation that includes capping the cost of insulin and closing a loophole that allows retail stores to pay reduced property taxes. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Majority Leader Jim Steinecke blasted the letter. Voss says, quote, threatening to send lawmakers to the principal's office doesn't help build relationships. Is he right? I don't know that the relationship between the governor and GOP leaders can get much worse after the past year, but I'm not seeing signs and talking to people in the Capitol that letters improving things or anything else that is seeing is improving things. I mean, it's just, don't forget, this, this relationship has been broken for a while there's been strains for a while. This is not the biggest blow uh, in that relationship, but it just does not seem to be helping in terms of winning lawmakers over at this point. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. 
And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.